This is the Prove Yourself Right podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We hope that you find it encouraging, motivational, and beneficial to you in your day-to-day walk. For all your Prove Yourself Right needs, please follow us on all social media platforms. Also become a subscriber through ACAST, which you can find in a link in our descriptions and our bios through our social medias. Thank you for your time. Thank you for supporting the Prove Yourself Right podcast. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Prove Yourself Right podcast, and I'm your host, Jonathan Rose, and I have here my beautiful co-host, Shay. How you doing today, Shay? I'm doing great. Excited to be here. Excited about the topic. All right, man. So, you know she's excited because it's her topic. She's going to spark my interest again, and I like it. <laughs> and going to break it down, Shay. So, what's the, what's the topic of the day? So, the topic of the day is message to my younger self. Hitting across the head with that one. Man, if I could have told myself some stuff. (laughs) Exactly, right? I think I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, there's a lot that I learned and a lot that I'm thankful that I learned, but a lot I didn't have to go through to learn. Yeah. You know, and a lot of moments where I was on the right track and I just needed a little more intuition. You know what I mean? Discernment is what I needed. Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, so we unpacked that the other day. So I want to talk about it. So like I said, Cause you'll be surprised on the serious tip, what you would tell your younger self. A thousand percent. Cause I was like, man, you're right. You wouldn't have had to go through that. Like it takes you deep. You like, mm-hmm. man. And then it was, I thought about as me and you unpacked before we go into it. I was just thinking about like, I had influences and I listened to them, but none of them was giving me the advice I needed to not go through the through the situation, if you mm-hmm. get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I feel like the advices I was getting, I was still going to go through the situation wrong regardless. So mm-hmm. that kind of shocked me too. Because like I said, it, it made me understand like why you need to know stuff for yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, word of mouth is good. And listening to people, mm-hmm. you learn a lot from people. Make sure you check their fact. Fact check everybody. Mm-hmm. So no, I totally agree. And I also feel, just to jump on what you just said, I think that for myself now when I think about like my younger sister mm. or just people that I may influence just my approach would be a lot different than what I had you know man so, that too yeah man I'm like yeah let's go and pop this off let's I go let's go ahead and get started hold on hold on <laughs> welcome welcome so this is how we gonna shoot this out a message to my younger self about passion and career yeah so I'll start it off with I want to talk about that career. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and it's crazy. I got to just, I'm going with the moments that we in, right? So what we just watched last night on the pivot, Charles Barker. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that career. When you pick a career, first off, I got to I gotta unpack the Charles Barker thing while I brought him up. He talked about how in the South, some of our school systems in the black community uh, navigate black kids towards being athletes and not understanding their other professions out there besides that and mm-hmm. t- to pursue them with the same passion that they fuel us with the wanting to be athletes and things of that nature, entertainers, things like that. Yeah. And he talked about that. I was shocked. Because, <laughs> man, I felt like that was my, that's our city. And he from the same city I'm from, so he get it and he did the same thing. He went through athletics. And 
just the way he said it, I was like, man, I really thought the only single way, I, I knew it was other things out there, I could do other things, We mm -hmm. I got that part, but I just didn't think reality was going to let me do that, if y'all get what I'm saying. Yeah. I just felt like I wasn't going to get accepted the same, I at least had to try to get out of here the athletic way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like all my friends, and like he said, all his friends, we all thought the same way, but I'm trying to figure out and unpack why that was so, I'm talking about from... I want to say about fourth to fifth grade, all the way to senior year. Yeah. Like sports drove me. Mm -hmm. I was like, bro, I never really thought of school as school. Mm -hmm. The English, math, getting this, getting that. Other endeavors and academics. Yeah. Basically, I, I really thought academics and sports went together when academics and sports was two different things. Yeah. An extracurricular and a school activity that, that grows you different things along the way. And mm -hmm. I, like I said, I put them together and I had to use one to help me with the other and I don't think that's healthy and until he said that the other day I didn't think about our school system and just from my I looked at the generations my uncle my daddy a lot of I got a lot of my family played sports all the way through mm -hmm. no I don't like unless the females and some of the females play sports all the way through nobody just was students and we're all in the south so that's my demographic and where I'm coming from with this um information y'all if y'all just trying to fact check me that's, I grew up in it, and that's all I've seen, and I got receipts, so I just wanted to unpack that first for the career part. Um, make sure it's something that that's on a scale that doesn't limit you. So what would you tell your younger self about career, just unpacking all that? Do you feel like the path that you took limited you? Yeah. Uh, it don't give you no other options. Like, I, like you know my story. I didn't mm -hmm. work other jobs because I played sports. Mm -hmm. So I lost the growing up in experience, job experience part. I had all the athletic experience and the, even being a professional athlete, I have job experience, but it's not job field experience like the working force. Like mm -hmm. So it, it doesn't go on any resume. Mm -hmm. But it's, we played 12, 13, 14 years and yeah. you jump out into the world with nothing to show for it. Like, and some athletes only come out with degrees. So I was like, yeah, that's what I wanted to tell my younger self. Like, I, I didn't get mine when I was supposed to get mine. Mm -hmm. And some, like Charles Barkley said, he didn't. Mm -hmm. He made a good point. He got some people with degrees working for him. But at the end of the day, in our community, ugh, what about us that don't be Charles Barkley? Yeah, yeah. And then don't go back and get ours either. So where do we fall at? Like I told you, work experience probably slim to none because we've been working in the athletic field, which doesn't count on resumes. Yeah. So that's what I would tell my younger self. Love, uh, find a way to chase the sports dream and always keep the other options open as well. Mm -hmm. And like, when I say keep them open, I mean you have to invest in them. Go to a trade school, go to those little um, conventions where they tell you different trades and different things about other entities that you're not probably familiar with, but you need to get familiar with. Because I promise, as much as we invest in athletics, we can do in academics. But our minds, I swear, and I, I was there and I was it. You just don't think without the athletics, you can do the academic. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. But it's like how the teachers talk to you. And I, I just go back to, and a lot of my teachers were coaches mm -hmm. when I got higher up. So it's just, it's a lot to unpack. And I know I'm dropping all this on y'all. This is what the podcast is for. And I know I, I'm elaborating on this career, but it go weird. It go real, real deep. And um, yeah, so a lot of my coaches was teachers. Yeah. So I never got away from athletics for real, for real, to invest in school to where they was looking at me for, I'm trying to put it into. From an academic perspective, yeah. it always rooted from. My academic achievements also 
went up with my athletic achievements. Yeah, your academic <laughs> achievements are based on helping yeah, the sports me. achievement because there that was go. just the that was the focal point for you. And long story short, that doesn't help me, mm -hmm. but it helps me. Yeah, I mean, I believe in going all in for what you love, and I think you've done that. I think you're doing that, and I think God blesses that. And yeah. I think that I think it's a different conversation if someone isn't as talented as you True. are and were. I think there was a reason why, you know, the people around you made academics mm -hmm. also about sports. I mm -hmm. think because they saw the it factor, they saw the grit, they saw the grind, they saw all the elements and why would they let the academics be the thing that holds you back. Mm. Right? So I, I totally think that in your situation, I mean, of course, outside looking in, yeah. you know, I think you did it the right way, but I also completely hear what you mean. Yeah. I don't want to say it and... and I had to say it in a lot of words, not make specifications on things. Because mm -hmm. when you get too direct, then people take it the wrong way. So I got to make sure I talk right on here, but I want the message to get across. Yeah. So that was my career. Uh, what I would tell my younger self about career, just make sure it's something that that you open to of all things, not athletics, um, entertainment, one one round. Make mm -hmm. sure it's, it's fully well-rounded. You, you look at all job possibilities okay. outside of like sports-related type things. That was the main part. Then, passion. Real quick. Um, and something I would tell my younger self about passion is just because it's your passion doesn't mean it's your purpose. Oof. And in a sense of that, just because it's your passion and it's working now, don't mean it's sustainable. Mm. So, I'm gonna unpack all that because that, that was a home run hitter. That was a home run hitter. Uh, I love football. I always love football since I Grew up sports in general, just like being an athlete. I can be an athlete for the rest of my life. I can go out here and Mario do that, do that. That professional, this professional football life, it's got to come to an end. It's like, it's it's destined. Yeah. It's in the it's in the mix. So mm -hmm. even nobody, I'm gonna be passionate about it my whole life. You still have to compartmentalize the ending. Tom Brady, he, he and he can still do it. And like I said, it's fun now that he older and he gonna do it. But it is going to stop. Like we can't. <laughs> Stop that. Like I said, hope the man keep going. It's beautiful to see. But we all have to come to that understanding. And it's hurt a lot of athletes all around the world, different ages, because it stops for everybody at a different time. And that's what don't mind tell you. Mm -hmm. Everybody think they get the Tom Brady. <sighs> Some of us get to middle school. Ah, can't even play high school. Ah, what? Yeah. I had so many aspirations. So that's what I would tell my younger self about passion. Don't let it outweigh the purpose because life is the purpose. Mm. Passion is the the lust of, is, is what the world gives us is that lust. I'm glad you got to be talented and do something for a period but remember it's just a period. I like that. That was good. I like that. Okay, for me, um, what I say about passion is that to my younger self is that while passion is a great, important thing, I think Similar to you in the sense of like guarding your passion, mm. I think it's meant for me. Yeah. I thought for a long time the things that I was passionate about were, were like music. I always mm. thought that was to be for other people, mm. right? Like I always felt like, you know, if I was singing, if I was dancing, if I was doing the things that I was quote unquote passionate about, mm. I was doing them for others. And I think because I did that for so long, mm. it went from something that was fun to something that felt, um, like it was, I was obligated to do it. You know what I mean? And I think because of the obligations that I put on myself, 
because of the other people that were involved, whether it was teams, whether it was like shows or anything. I think because of the obligations I put on myself, it almost kind of tainted the passion. Yeah. Where I think now, you know, looking back, I think it's far more important to be at service and to like what you're doing, but to be at service mm -hmm. and for passions to be for me. Yeah. You know, if I love to sing, like, again, like, you know, I got a show coming up. I'm excited. I can't wait to be on that stage. It's what I love to do. I love live shows. Mm -hmm. If you don't know, now you know. That's one of my passions. Mm -hmm. But I can say with my whole heart that I love to prepare. I love every aspect leading up to it. I love seeing the audience. And I love that. Yeah. Right? Regardless of the, what's reciprocated at the end of that, mm -hmm. I already know that I love the entire process. Okay. So you said... So basically, in a nutshell, you just told me, in mm -hmm. your passion, mm -hmm. regardless of the reciprocation, yeah, you would still do it. Thousand percent. All right. And I think for me, that's what passion's about. Mm -hmm. I think it taints the things you're passionate about if you're relying on external factors for it to feel good, mm -hmm. right? I think passion is—it's so specific to each of us, and so I think because of that, it's so important to keep it. Keep in mind that it's meant for for you. Okay, and also because I, you know, I'm always trying to go level three, and you also in that same breath said, if it's something that you say you no longer want to sing, mm -hmm. and somebody really likes that you sing, and they want you to always sing, and, and you consistently turn them down, what if y'all relationship start to fold? Do you sing out of remorse to keep the relationship and not and Keep it from going south, or do you? And that's what hold I, think, your brain? I think that's what I always did, yeah. right? Like even something like dance, which mm -hmm. I love and enjoyed a lot. Mm -hmm. But I think the things that I put myself through to dance, mm -hmm. you know, is why I, I no longer do it okay. at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like love it if we're just having a good time and it's a vibe. But right. the way that I would do classes and shows yeah. and the, the and investment, you weren't, you weren't invested in it. But everybody, some other people in it were invested in you being in it. And exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. That's you know, a lot. so yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. when it comes to your passion, the things that you're passionate about, you really have to choose and stay 10 toes down for yourself. And that can ruin stuff for you too when you do that. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. And you stick around and you're not enjoying it no more, but everybody's like, man, listen, I, I love it that you're here. And I was like, man, I hate it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't think our passion should do that to us. And I don't yeah. think in the, the innocence of having a passion or having passion Because you still itself. enjoy it, but you, you, it's just not that same enjoyment. It's like Absolutely. a forced enjoyment. Exactly. It's like, bro, I don't, I don't not like this, but I just don't like this. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's what I say to my aunts about passion. That, like, keep it dear to me mm -hmm. and to protect it. And protecting it means making sure it's always serving just me. I don't think passions are, in my opinion, like I said... Meant to serve other people. Facts. Now, career. What I'd say to my younger self about career mm -hmm. is to listen to your heart. Mm, in what sense? In the sense of, I always knew that I wanted, I knew, I shouldn't say I always knew. There was a moment in high school where I took a class and it was about psychology. It was the first time that I was exposed to psychology. Mm. And I knew in that moment that I was going to take that university. And I did. And I did my thesis and loved what I wrote about. I did all that. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was something that I wanted to do. Um, and I liked it. And I liked the idea of how it would help others. Mm -hmm. And I liked the idea of being at service then, not knowing what it was now. Mm -hmm. But I didn't push through enough for it. Right? I so think I would have told my younger self 
that the moment you know that you, you the moment you know, mm -hmm. stay ten toes down. Yeah, I like that, and that's what I was I was gonna challenge you with. I was like, so you telling yourself if you know you got it, gonna see it through. Don't don't. Go, mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Ah, bro. You know what? I, yeah, I just and it's, and, and uh, when you unpack it to our younger self, it's just being young is why you absolutely. felt like that. I thought the fun ah, and I'm just cool young. Thing, I don't know. Yeah, I thought the young. <laughs> I thought the fun and cool thing to do was to sing for other people. I love singing. Don't get me wrong. I love my EP. I love music. I love writing. I really do love it. You know, I just think for everybody that looks different. And for me, I want my career to be about being at service. And I think I always knew that, but I didn't listen. Yeah. I didn't put it that at the forefront of everything. Because again, if that's the career and how I want to be at service, then I can always sing. It doesn't have to look like what everyone else is telling me it should look like. It doesn't have to look like you gotta perform here, you gotta have this sound, you gotta sing like this. No, it looks like whatever I'm passionate about. And the crazy part about it, you don't go into it trying to please people, but then you, as you go along, you end up trying to please people doing what you do. Exactly, whereas when it's your career, because it's meant to be at service, there being expectation and obligations isn't a bad thing yeah. because the end result is to help other people. Yeah. So. Transitioning on to the next thing that I'd say to my younger self mm. about friendship. Okay, talk to me. I think what I would say to my younger self about friendship is that if anything feels off, they're probably not meant to be your friend. Mm. I think growing up, you know, and having healthy friendships now, there's a really beautiful thing about the freedom that you can find in healthy friendships. Okay. And I think there's an element that comes with really tough conversations, you know? We're human, so we may hurt each other's feelings, but it, being able to have those conversations ultimately leads to very strong and tough friendships. But I think when you feel uneasy or somebody consistently doesn't make you feel like yourself and you feel like you gotta get out of character mm -hmm. and you've tried to address it, I think it's best to, to move on from those friendships. Mm -hmm. I don't think friendship is meant to make you feel anything less than your best. And that's what I, I tell my younger self. And you wanna know something about our younger self that you so on point with, by the way. Like I said, this is from, I can apply that to my male friends as well. Like friendship, like you said, across the board. But even with us, I, the reason I said males is because with us, our aggressive natures keep us where we at today. And like I said, we, we done made good progress, man. It's better male relationships out there. But For sure. Most male relationships come from family, like bloodlines, marriage, getting married into people's family. We don't go out here and make friends. It's it's women out here that go to yoga classes and this. They know they at each other's house for dinner. <laughs> we ain't doing that in the male community, bro. If, if I don't meet you through somebody, it's rare we meeting people and just, oh, hey, yeah, me and Bill, now we play golf and just fellowship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we it's tough for men. And it goes back to what you're saying. It started with me in school. Um... I wanted to be, everybody want to be somewhat cool. I don't, mm -hmm. know, I don't know how to put it, but you got to put that in language term. Cool, everybody want to be liked. Yeah. But I don't want to be liked to the extent that I ain't myself. Yeah. And then I don't want to feel like, oh, they with me because I act like this. So I got to no, know that still ain't being myself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us, I say 75% of people in some sense do that. Absolutely. And that's what you're saying. Risking that 
ain't it because it, it don't mm -hmm. ever get you in a good situation because then you end up being down on yourself mm -hmm. you didn't listen to yourself mm -hmm. so you got hurt for doing something that you know was gonna hurt you and you still didn't listen to yourself so you got hurt and now you hurt that you hurt come on well, man and unpacking that at a young age Everybody listening to Drake. Everybody, <laughs> everybody crying in their sleep. Everybody, I'm talking about the crying they self to sleep. Mm -hmm. And it creates these traumas and these hard shells. So going back to men, that's why, like as an adult, it's, it's a wrap by the time we get in, as adults because now you don't even got that, you ain't even that tender no more. Like life doesn't happen to you. Life experiences make us real tough. So, mm -hmm. and bringing it back around the friendship, having those people so close to you. The betrayal and the upsets, them things linger and people get bitter and become bad people because of relationships like these. Absolutely. And I think you hit everything you said. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with. I think you said it perfectly. And mm -hmm. that's ultimately what it is. I think you get down on yourself, mm -hmm. right? You know, if you're not being the best version of yourself in any scenario, in any circumstance, and really at any age, yeah. you know, if you're not being truthful, you know, like your own truth. And so it does carry with you. Or if you have a friend around who makes ill jokes that, you know, wants to make you the butt of every single joke mm -hmm. and you continue to be friends with them, it's interesting to later on in life recognize that you really do think about that. Because mm -hmm. when you describe that same friend to someone you're close to, they're the friend who always makes fun of you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, whereas if you had addressed that head on and maybe told that friend how you felt or were very honest and upfront about whatever they said that may have hurt your feelings and gave them an opportunity to then, you know, be a good friend and say mm -hmm. that wasn't their intention. There's just a lot of layers that goes into having those tough talks and how it's better for you because you stick up for yourself and better for them because they get you get to allow them to be a better person as well. But without either of those, how you do you grow something beautiful yeah, out of that? You don't get nowhere and you so sweet. <laughs> hey, if, if the man hearing this, <laughs> we don't know nothing she talked about <laughs> but that was so sweet because bro i had to say it like that because that's our problem mm -hmm. how you just said talk about bro me and my homies used to crack on each other knowing bro can't read good <laughs> like we used to tear each other down but we was each other homies but mm -hmm. that it, but it built us mm -hmm. somewhat and every our homies know that you're gonna get cracked on from how you dress that had to do with your household. Your mom and dad was buying your clothes, but we weren't, we weren't thinking on them levels then. But mm -hmm. like, you was like, damn, bro, you got Payless shoes on? Your clothes broke. But we weren't even like, bro, some dudes was on that too. Some dudes yeah. was like, bro, my daddy can give me these. What's your dad? Like, yeah. nigga, some dudes ain't got daddies. Like, bro, we go so deep, it's hard to be friends because, bro, especially where I'm from, like I said, if this demographic don't get to you, like, I, I come from a two-parent house, so I'm just saying, the demographics of, for men too, I'm just like, you can come from whatever household, this just tough that you get judged so hardly and it's hard to be friends with people because like I said, I thought girls switched up on each other. Man, dudes talk much as girls and, he, and then we don't talk enough so it's these little subtle said but not said type things and we won't even we won't even come together on nothing. So like I said, males, our only friendships have been coming from marriage and family ties and bloodlines. Go ahead and meet somebody, bro, because it's, it's cool people out here and just like Shane was saying, it, it'll release some of this tension and um, insecurities that we be having on ourselves because you don't talk to enough people like you. So you you feel like you're alone because you might, you you isolate yourself. Mm -hmm. So, man, stop isolating yourselves. And that was a good, 
Yeah. What you said to your younger self. What would you say to your younger self about friendship? A message to my younger self? Mm-hmm. About friendship. About friendship? Oh, that's a good one. I, I got something I want to say, but I don't want to say it. Just spit it out. Safe space. Alright, just I'm gonna put it like this. You can have as many friends as you want, but if you don't have classifications for those friends, you lost. And I'm gonna break it down. And this is, like I said, I'm complex. This is how my mind works. When I say classifications for your friends, you gotta have your best friends. You gotta have my associates, and I gotta hey, if I'm in the area, these are my people I call. And and people might take that somewhere like, damn, what is it like that for us? Promise you, if I would have knew this earlier, it would have just saved me. And I was an athlete, so everybody your friend, when everybody knows the athletes in school are the the people. Everybody knows them it just comes with the territory. Yeah. Ah, it sucks. <laughs> Thinking about it now in hindsight, like, bro, you, you can't find your group because you're in every group. Mm-hmm. Really, you fit into everything. It's like, uh, dang, Drake got a line. You know, I got to drop a Drake line. How can you tell what's real when anybody will come with you? Or something like that. He said something. It's hard to figure out what's real when everybody's like, shoot, I'll accommodate. Like, oh, yeah. I don't need accommodation. I'm trying to figure out who just liked me for me. And then it's hard for us to go back to a time and before we had friends to try to figure out who we really were then to what we accommodated to, to what we seen and how society make you work. Once you go to school and you see dudes dressing or girls dressing for boys and girls, you that's how you figure yourself out. Hold on, I ain't got the right thing on. <laughs> yeah, it hit different and that's how we start learning right then. Okay, this is it. This is in, this is out. They don't do this, they, they like this, they don't like this. We lose ourselves. And it starts with, I know I just went a long way, but it starts with the circle you keep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bottom line. So that's why I say I, I have to level. I got homies I talk to every day. I got homies that if I catch you or we just happen to something pops up, we can talk. And then you got the ones that see you when I see you. And it ain't no different level of love between them, mm-hmm. to be real. My best friends, I like, I love them a little bit more because we're more connected, we're more close. Everybody should have that. Every If you're close to everybody, you're lying to yourself. But when I was younger, like I said, I was an athlete, so everybody liked me. So I'm thinking, it's for real with everybody. It's not. But yeah. you, like I said, you learn most of this stuff through the process. But that's why it's a uh, message to my younger self. Boy, just level out your friends. Get your day ones, and then everybody else <laughs> with a grain of salt. But it's respect, though. Of course. You just don't have the energy to give around. That's what I tell you in our adult life. You don't have that energy to give around no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And if you think, if you figure that out early, it'll save you a lot of suffering and, um, like I said before, insecurities and self-doubts. I'm telling you, your circle influences you something crazy. And like I said, I knew it my whole life. But I didn't know it until I got into the mix of it, until I got out there and I experienced it and I see it and I felt it. Ooh, once you feel it, you're like, yeah, I'd rather be by myself forever. But then now that turns into a depression. And you see how it goes full circle? Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I think that ultimately as you get older, I think you... Are almost forced to compartmentalize your mm-hmm. friends. I think you're forced to know, you know, these are the ones call when something really wild is happening. These are the ones I call when I just want a good night out or I just want to go for dinner. These are the ones that I call. I think naturally that happens, right? That you do that. But I, I definitely experienced that as well. Like I think I, I thought that everybody 
just love me because I had the intention of it just being love. So I didn't, I didn't know that. Somebody, I didn't, I didn't exercise discernment then. Somebody could, but girl, look, that top is beautiful, and walk off and be like, hey, y'all, and I never knew that was going on. And yeah. I, I say, oh, that's a yeah. cold, cold world of living, boy. Yeah, see, I never did that. And well, I don't believe in living a world guarded, and mm. I don't know that I did that all the time. Mm. I think that there are moments where I was less guarded that people would have thought that I should have been more guarded. Mm -hmm. But I do think that you should be wise, you know? Yeah. And like, you should be mindful and you should know that just not everyone's intentions for you are the same that you have for them. And that doesn't mean that your intention should shift. And it absolutely doesn't mean that you should go down to anyone else's level. I think you should keep the standard high and still be gracious all the time. I just think, you know, it'll shift your expectations. It'll shift some of the heartache. A lot of it won't feel as deep as it may have felt then. Yeah. If like you said, you just, you know, leveled everybody out. You mm -hmm. kept the day ones and you put that energy and that real investment into those people. So you still had enough for yourself and, and family and, and the things that matter. out so much better that way. When you give totally. out so much and then you don't see nothing coming back in now. You don't know where to point the finger, but then now you don't really got the time to invest in everybody. You don't get the chance to, hey, what I do to you? Hey, what I do to you? Hey, what I do? You just gonna take it with with the energy. Mm -hmm. You don't really get to get that um, explanation from everybody. Absolutely. And that's and that's the sad part. So that's what I'm saying. That's if you classify them right, you won't even hold certain energies for certain people. And if they need that certain energy, they will bring it to you first. So now you're you can react. Yeah, you can address this, it. This mm -hmm. is the only area or one of the areas where reaction is okay this it's the right response you don't always have to be the first one to put it out there every time because then people get the they subject to you're subject to their choice now mm -hmm. when you put the invitation out there i get to say yes or no you don't have to do that all the time let somebody else go in there, hey what's your name bet let me introduce you and uh let them introduce them <laughs> you don't have to always be to put the put the first foot forward every no time. absolutely and i think that's i think that's just it right i think that when you, like you said, keep everybody at the level that they're meant to, mm -hmm. I think it all pans out. I do think another element to this is then being able to differentiate who are your day ones. Yeah. That's something in and of itself. And I don't think we got time to unpack that. No. But that is definitely something that might actually be another episode altogether. Yeah, let's, let's pause right here. Y'all go unpack that because I want to talk to you about that. How do you pick your day ones? Because How do you know? I ain't even going to it, but I know people that have been together for their whole life and fell off in the back end. Mm -hmm. So you telling me that whole front end was fake? Because if y'all fell off now, what what could have made somebody that or a relationship that sustainable fall off in the later part if it didn't fall off before? So is it something that was that came up from when they thought it was good, or something new that somebody has changed? Man, you don't even ever know. You don't never know who your day one is. Come on, that's not true. You know. Okay, well, y'all unpack that then. I am. But before you unpack that, we do got a part two for this. There mm -hmm. is more that we want to say to our younger selves, but we're definitely going to do the How Do You Figure Out Your Day One episode as well. So okay. Stay tuned. So part two on the way. Y'all go unpack this. Thank y'all for listening and check me out. You don't have to prove anything to anyone, but you will always have to prove everything to yourself. Y'all have a blessed day. God bless.